Blog Talk Radio. Hi, I'm Farnell Newton, educator, composer, arranger, and trumpeter. Do you love good jazz and great jazz conversation? You'll hear it all on Coffee Talk Jazz Radio Los Angeles with one of the best broadcasters and radio hosts in the business, Miss Bridget. What happens when straight-ahead jazz meet hip-hop fusion? You've captured the essence of real jazz music, and that's exactly what you'll hear in my new project, Classes Now in Session. You can pick it up at iTunes, Amazon, CD Baby, and more, and you can also check me out at www.farnellnewton.com. Be sure to tune in each week and get your jazz fix right here on Coffee Talk Jazz Radio. Jazz Radio Los Angeles, and we are so excited that you all are hanging out with us today on this glorious Sunday evening, and we are here for Coffee Talk Jazz After Dark, and with my very special guest, who I will introduce shortly. You guys, I am bubbling over. Oh, my God, we've been anticipating this show for uh, a couple of weeks now. So today, we're going to celebrate birthdays. We're going to talk about our Gifted Music Foundation, everything that's happening in the world of Coffee Talk Jazz Magazine. I'm looking at all of these folks um, who are logging in from all across the globe, and we will bring you all in shortly after I introduce our guests. Today we'll have gift giveaways and so much more. You cannot win if you don't call in now. We're going to be live tweeting throughout the show. I'm going to open up the chat room in just a moment, and we're just going to go ahead and just get this funky party started. Now, let me introduce this afternoon's guest. I just want to call him Micah G, right? So let me tell you, he's a musician, a visual artist, 
a novelist, an actor, a filmmaker. I mean, he has so much going on. We want to break his life down. Um, I love the fact that he um, lived in East Village uh, in New York, and we just want to bring him on live right now. Welcome to the party, Micah. Hey. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) That was great. How are you? Hello. I'm good. I'm real good. So happy, first of all, to have you on. So I just want to jump right into your background and to your history. Your career has been vast. You've got a lot going on. So the first question that I have for you is, when did you first fall in love with music? Let's start there. When I started loving music, I would have been, yes. well, my parents My parents was, were telling me my dad was a missionary. So he was saying that when I was in church that I would sing along with the rest of the congregation mm-hmm. and then stop singing when they would stop singing. So I guess it was just <laughs> innate. I mean, and then later I heard music on the, the record player and things like that. But the first time I heard jazz, I believe it was mm-hmm. like David Sanborn and um, Grover Washington. Yeah. And oh that God. kind of music, that's my, yeah. So my dad was really into that and I could memorize the solos. So this is when I was like nine, nine years old and I couldn't figure out what improvisation was. Until, like, I had later teachers in high school were like, yo, improvisation, those people were making up. So I was like, they were making that up? Right. I thought they had written it down. <laughs> yeah, so that was a revelation. But when I was a little kid, I was really into jazz and stuff like that. It was just I didn't realize that they were, make, you know, understood music and things like that. Wow. Um, you've really said a mouthful in that one. First of all, um, would you say and do you think that some of the best singers come out of church. Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Because you start, <laughs> you start when you're a kid. You in those melodies, and I mean, it is written out. You can follow along. You know, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. I think there's a very strong background in people starting off in church, and then you get arrangements. You know, you're hearing all the voices when you sing in, or if you go to a church where people are performing then you just seeing everything happen every, you know, every week. Yeah. And that's, that's rich. Yeah, it really is really rich. When you said that, my mind immediately went to um, Sissy and Whitney Houston. And I remember when she first came on the scene and she was about 16 or 17 years old, a skinny little gawky girl, you know, from New Jersey. Mm. And, you know, you just kept on hearing the voice, the voice, the voice. And so effortless so natural, so easy, so breezy. What a gift. What a talent. I believe we all come here with at least one gift. God gives us at least one. Some of us have multiple gifts Mm -hmm. and God digging into your background, my Lord, like you are most, I would say that you are a multi-hyphenate artist (laughs) because you're like, you do some of, no, really, you really do some of everything. So I want to take this into sections, and when I think about your music, um, I just I let my team listen to it, and I said, I want you guys to select your favorite track, and we're going to put them all in a hat, and I want to see what you all come up with. By golly, mm-hmm. by golly, oh my god, right? 
I wanted to see if we would all come up with the same song or different songs. So there were two particular songs that really stood out. And we have 17 members, right? That really stood out. And four of us selected Find You, and then three of okay. us picked. <laughs> and then three of <laughs> us picked Revelation. I thought that was so funny. I'm thinking, well, what about Puppet? I'm like, well, what about? Oh, uh, yeah. I'm just mm-hmm. saying. Right, right, right. So it was just really, it was just really, really interesting. So when I heard your music, um, I see you as you're very avant-garde. I love that about you. And you've got this kind of energy that I've looked at your art. That's one kind of energy. I listen to your music. That's a different kind of energy. And so my question is, where are you? Do you have a space? Do you have a um do you have a space where you're just really, really creative, or does it just come to you in waves, or how does it come to you? Because you got so much good stuff happening right now. Yeah, I have to do it in stages. There's, I mean, for the writing, for for instance, I just finished reading the audio book. Like I wrote a novel when between the ages of 23 and 25, but at school mm-hmm. in Pittsburgh at Carnegie Mellon, I had taken a course with one of the teachers. And he taught me how to write novels. So then I switched over to the mm. music department. But I was in the English department first for, like, the first year. And after he showed me that, then it took, what, 23 years later to read it, you know. Mm. So now I have the audio thing, and now I have to edit that. That that turned out to be seven and a half hours long. But... um Wow, it's pretty fun because of the way that it's written. It's very musical. Like you'd have, it's easier to listen to it than to read it, I would think. And I'd have to take a lot wow. of time out. But I do it in sections. Like sometimes I feel like painting, so I paint. Or other right. times I really have the urge to play. Like today, I was like, I need to practice. So <laughs> like after all right? of this stuff, that I'm yeah, yeah, after this stuff, because we're about to go on. I'm going on tour with this band, The Velt down here in North Carolina and just to get the first gig is like Thursday. So I need to start practicing now to be ready for that. You know, but before that I was working on this record and then I'll have to put, you know, sort of um, deadlines like, all right, you need to finish this (laughs) so that you can get to the next thing. So it's like I'm my own little corporation of things going on. And the the business is, but it's mostly by feeling though. Like sometimes you just feel like you want to do some music, you know. Other times you do feel right. like it's just your human behavior. Sometimes you would you want to go outside and look at stuff, right? You know, right. So it's like that. And then I try to afford myself the time to deal with with all of it. And then I'll do right. it in sections. Right. Like I do a lot of the. I was talking to you about the bodybuilding stuff. So maybe if I'm doing some right, drawings, I'll be watching TV and maybe trace something off TV. You know, they <laughs> keep trying to do like three things at once, you know, that yeah, kind of thing. I it's fun. Do that. That yeah. But, I mean, art-wise, it's fun. You can come back to it. You can put it right. over there. Yeah. So I work on it in sections. But most of the time, if I really do have something, if somebody sends me some music for a project, then I will sit there and, and get that done. Wow. Before I move on to just my my fun. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I mean. And I was even thinking about like going to do the acting thing, but I was like, that's too much. Then that'll be something else you have to do. So maybe just hold off on that 
for a little while. It's stuff like that, you know, concentrate on this music. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I have learned over the years, and it's a conversation that my girlfriend and I, we were talking about this the other day, and we were talking about capacity. Like, I'm in my 60s. Nobody believes me, but I am. I really, mm-hmm. really am, right? So, and we talk about capacity, and there's only so much that you can do in a day, and you have to give yourself some grace, and you have to, you know, add in those rest periods. You know, you're talking about, you know, the visual part, you know, being the actor, doing the film, like all of that. Just like you, God has gifted me. I'm so creative. Everyone doesn't have that, right? And sometimes you're really creative. You mm-hmm. want to try and do everything at the same time, and you realize you can't because it really takes a certain amount of energy to write because I'm in the middle of writing not one book but two, right? I'm almost oh, wow. done with the first yeah, this is actually be my third book, right? So, like, I'm not playing either. Not at all. Yeah. I'm actually a published author and a whole bunch of other stuff, right? So, as I got to take things out in sections. So, as you were talking, you painted a very visual picture for me. And there are times when I just have to stop. And I'm, I'm very – I like to do craft stuff, right? So, I have mm-hmm. this old steamer trunk that belonged to my grandfather who was born in 1911. Can you imagine, right? Wow. I have – his steamer trunk, and it is so heavy. I'm going to have to send you a picture of it. Oh, yeah. It's so heavy. And I decoupaged it from the inside out, and I've been working on this project for years, and I just love it. And inside of it, I have, like, because um, I can hear design and all that, so I have, like, all these pillows, and during the different seasons, I'm going to change out things in the house and stuff like that. So when you were talking, I'm thinking, yeah, sometimes – I don't want to write. I just want to go and craft and use my mm-hmm. hands. Mm-hmm. Or other times I decide, like, I want to go sing or just whatever, go and speak. So you and I are so in the flow. I totally get it. So I want to talk to you about your – I want to jump into your music, and I want to play a track, and I want to play Find You. When I heard that song, I'm like, ooh, like I'm digging this melody. Okay, so that blues. track. Like I'm really just feeling it. This track I was playing with a group of mine, and we were playing Stevie Wonder's uh, Wonder Woman, and it was just so difficult okay. that it became a variation. That song became a variation on some of those chords that are in there, which I mean, he's always got those real warm chords, but it's it's definitely yeah. like a variation on some of that Stevie Wonder stuff, and then also a little bit um, without giving the song away, sort of like you know that song Taxi the TV show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Taxi. Mm-hmm. And how it makes you feel real warm mm-hmm, when you mm-hmm. hear the boo-doo-doo-doo. <laughs> so it's got a little bit of that. Like, it was kind of constructed. Bob so James I'm glad you like it. it. Yeah, so there you go. Bob James There you go. That. So there you, you know go. I know, right? So there you go. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. Yeah. So, yeah, precisely. So it's got that Bob J. Yeah, it's got all of that stuff in there. Mm-hmm. There you go. Oh, my God, you guys. So let's take a listen to Find You by My Very Special Guest. Here we go, guys. Let's go. 
this is Marjane, contemporary gospel recording artist. Do you love good coffee and a great chat? Well, today is your chance to peek behind the curtain with your favorite artist. Are you celebrating a birthday? If so, join us with the Coffee Talk Jazz Radio Birthday Club. Send us a text at 562-355-0311 or email us at coffeetalkjazzradio at msn.com. We'll also give you a live shout-out and plenty of Twitter love. You never know what you might win. Call us today if it's your birthday at 347-934-0108. Be sure to follow our tweets and also follow us on Facebook. So happy birthday from Miss Bridget and the Coffee Talk Jazz crew. Hello, this is Nick Leon. Let's keep the Coffee Talk party brewing each Sunday from 5 to 8 p.m., Tuesdays from 3 to 6 p.m., and Fridays from 1 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. You'll hear jazz, great R&B, soul, and funk influences. Stay tuned and you'll hear jazz past and jazz still to come. Be sure to tune in and listen with your host, Miss Bridget. Right here on Coffee Talk Jazz Radio. And we are back and we are broadcasting live. This is the very best in blog talk radio. Here at Coffee Talk Jazz with award-winning host, Ms. Bridget Lewis, and my very special guest, multi-hyphenate, musician, novelist, artist, filmmaker, <laughs> and sometimes touring artist, and we don't even know when he is. Micah's in the building. Not really. Yeah, All right, no Micah. Okay, team, no sleep. So listen, I got to tell you, <laughs> listening live, are you, are you ready for this? OMG. Oh, my God, this is so exciting. Okay, so let me, I'm looking at the program board. You guys, I have this map, though, for you guys who are tuning in. You guys, welcome to the Coffee Talk Jazz Party After Dark. We're super excited that you guys are here. So I'm looking at the program board. It says live, on-air streaming, and there is this big, gigantic global map of the U.S. and then the countries around the world. And for those that are listening in, the boards are lit up, and it's even broken down into cities. So y'all ready? Y'all ready to hear what's happening in New York? Okay, right now. We've got Syracuse is in the building. Hey, 73 people from Syracuse. Albany, New York, 2,944 from Albany. Hey, New Rochelle. I don't even know where New Rochelle is. Do you know where New Rochelle is, Micah? Uh, yeah, like New Rochelle, upstate. New York? It's really nice there. Upstate, mm-hmm. okay. New York. I was going to say it sounds pretty fancy. Right. It's um, fancy. Schenectady, <laughs> Schenectady, New York? Schenectady, like, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Schenectady, I mean, so heavy. White Plains, New York, Niagara Falls, New York, Freeport, New York, and Bay Shore, New York. That is a total of 29,799 of you. Now, listen, you guys, I'm going to say this. Everybody's got a penny, right? So go to Amazon right now. Can we? No, let me ask you this. Can they pick up your music on Amazon? Do they need to go directly to your website and buy it? No, definitely on Amazon. Yeah, every everything. So Amazon, okay, cool. Spotify. They think there's some Bandcamp. Actually, if you go to the website, it sends you to those where wherever it is available. But I believe if you go on Spotify, everything's on there. All right, awesome. You guys heard it here first, and let me just break it down. Okay, 
why don't you pronounce your name and then give them the website, just give everything so they'll know, and then I'm going to post it on Twitter, and then I'm going to pop it in the chat as well. Okay, thank you so much. It's micagoff.info. That's Micah, M-I-C-A-H, Goff is G-A-U-G-H, dot info. Okay, you all heard it here first. All right, so he is in the building. We're so happy to have um, all these folks from New York. We see that Texas is in the building as well. Hello, Austin. Hello, Austin. We see you. Houston's in the building. Fort Worth is in the building. We see you, Baltimore, Maryland. Philadelphia is here. Jericho City, I don't know where that is. Okay, Niagara Falls, New York. New York is heavy, heavy in the building. We get so much like East Coast love. So yeah. I want to get I want to get back into I want to talk about your dad for a moment and 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 your DNA and everything is in in um do you believe that as an artist how should we or should we be passing the musical baton to the next generation how important is that I think we well, should Well definitely Yeah I mean cuz I'm one of the jazz kids i mean Wenton marcel's had like the young lions i was one of the young lions but in the avant-garde realm so i learned a lot i mean the music that i make is pop music it's got a pop sound to it but i coined mm-hmm. the phrase avant pop music to describe it mm. because it, it yeah because there wasn't a really a genre for it so you know miles davis okay. used to make up stuff so I figured, why don't I of do course. that too? <laughs> it's easy because it's easier for the critics. <laughs> they just call it cool jazz or whatever, you know, like it's easier for them. So, um, cool jazz, the Avant- jazz, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. You tell them kind of what you're doing if it's different. And so <laughs> <laughs> it works. It does work. But the avant-garde roots that I have, all of those guys, I mean, there was one point when I first got to New York, I was 23 years old, and I was playing with Cecil Taylor, and everybody that I knew, and Cecil, I think at that time, was probably in his 60s, so everybody that I knew was, I think the youngest people I knew were like in their 40s, but they're all jazz, that's like the jazz people, and they teach you, you know, so it's like being a part of a tribe, especially in New York. In New York then, because you start to realize, okay, you have these people who play free jazz. You go hang out with Ornette mm-hmm. Coleman or somebody like that, or you go and see um, Sunshine. You see him playing, and then Bill Saxon is on stage, who plays like hard bop music, playing mm-hmm. over pop music. Yep. Like when you start to get in <laughs> New York, you start to see how everybody's related. Even Whitney Houston, I think she used to hang out at a jazz place in McHale's. And that's how she learned all her jazz shops and stuff when she was a kid. Because that's the whole thing. Is like, if you can do it, they let you do it. And it's a big family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they definitely had St. Nicholas Club that was uptown. You go up there, and everybody's going to teach you. If you know how to play, they they listen. Mm-hmm. They let you get on stage. And then as soon as you get off stage, it's going to be somebody say, hey, man, come here. I'm James Carter's teacher. I like the way you play. They or you find some other people during the avant-garde realm really just playing every day. And you see a lot of people who are more like philosophers, you know, like I met mm-hmm. a group of people, Daniel, Daniel Carter, Sabir Mateen, people who they were playing, like they would never play the same thing twice. 
Right. You know, like that. I was like, well, what is it? And that's when it became more like a philosophy. And I learned a lot of stuff from playing with the avant-garde people. But ultimately, that's not all I listened to. That's not all, all I liked. I heard about avant-garde music more when I was in New Orleans when I was 15 playing, you know, like funk and stuff in New Orleans and just jazz. Then they started to introduce me to the avant-garde realm. I said, oh, that's what that was, you know. Wanted to play a bunch of notes. These people are doing that. So definitely, you got to learn from the older people. Beg your pardon? No, keep talking, keep talking. I'm just... Oh, yeah, but it's everybody, everyone that you went to as a 23-year-old kid playing with these people, Cecil Taylor, and he introduced you to someone else that you heard on the radio. Like, it's just another kind of world. And Cecil thing was more like classical music and I was coming out of a conservatory at Carnegie Mellon because I heard that Miles Davis went to Juilliard, Thelonious Monk went to Juilliard, like my favorite composers in the jazz realm had gone to classical schools. So I said let me just go hang out in the classical music department. And because you had that background, I would show up with charts, people would read them for me. You know, it's like when you come in it's more, if you come in as a leader, it's going to take you longer to get where you're trying to go. But people in New York, they'll play your stuff for you. And you can be a kid. They don't care. If you got the charts, they go, oh, well, you write like this? Okay. They'll check it out. Then they tell you little secrets about New York. Whatever the greatest thing is an older uh, organist who I met, he played some music that I wrote in college. And he said, hey, you know, you should just – I was like, New York – that's that's where it is, man. He was like, look, you make it when you move out of New York. And that was me, a little kid, going in there. I was like, oh, okay, but I thought this was – he was like, you know, New York is great and all, but you just – it's a place to learn. It's a place to learn. And once you learn, you, you're free to go do whatever you want because, you know, that's a stressful arena up there, New York. I've heard so many things. I've flown all around New York, and one of my best girlfriends bought a home in – New York, I don't know why, but she's in Paris like half of the year anywhere or in Boston. But um, mm-hmm. I hear that they say either, either you will love New York or you will hate New York because it's on an island and it's surrounded by water. And people mm-hmm. know like when you're a tourist, and they go because, you know, they say the people are so curt, they're so rude. I just think that they're just very direct and they don't have time for the foolishness as opposed to, you know, when you're on the East Coast, you know, people um, or on the West Coast, rather, People tend mm-hmm. to skirt around issues. Well, I'm, I'm very direct. I don't need to skirt around anything, not at my age. I'm like, look, I need to say what I need to say, and then I'm on to the next or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, it's really funny that you mentioned avant-garde because when we had a prior conversation live coming on air, we never even talked about what style of music you played. I just knew that I was going to like it. And for me to, you know, when I got ready to introduce the, the first song, when you introduced the first song and I said to me, your music is very avant-garde. We never even had that conversation. I'm like, wow, I said, he really is a true artist because I heard just like a gumbo of different, like, almost like a, a kaleidoscope, right? Of sounds mm-hmm. and textures and melodies. Like I could just see it. So for those of you who don't know what avant-garde means, it really is just, you know, it's a new and unusual or experimental ideas, especially in the way of, of art, right? So um, if you're like a real artsy person, you know, to me it's very unorthodox 
with respect to culture, to art, to society. I mean, you just kind of do your own thing. And some people get you and other people don't. Um, but I like it when people don't get me because I don't really care. And, like, I'm just going to do me. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I feel like you're really, I feel like you're really, like, the same. Like, look, I'm going to do me. You only get one chance to do this thing called life. So I'm going to do this over here. And I like it. And I think when you embrace who you are, when you like it, I just think people either you're either gonna it's gonna pull you close or it's gonna push you away. What do you think about that? Uh, it depends. Like also, when I started off, my attitude was a more like a punk. Like I don't mind what anybody cares about this, and I did it for a while. Yeah. But then my my meter for my music is my mom. <laughs> like really, Ooh, she's seventy four. Wow years old but like i was like okay because i was like okay because i went so extreme on one mm-hmm. end then once you do all of that you like okay i'm the most avant-garde let me see if i can be the most pop you know like it's it's just a thing you i'm sure you have that personality too it's okay i feel like i've done this thing let me see what, what this is like you know and plus yeah. i have i like prince michael jackson the sundays the Sugar Cubes, The Cure, um, Wham, <laughs> you know, like, and I was a kid. Wow. Yeah, I so ended up hanging yeah. out with, I ended up hanging out with rock stars. Like, they were like, oh, you yeah. should come and hang out with us. And that's, that's the group of people who really embraced me, like people from Living Color, these guys developed 24-7 Spies. Um, that's, and that's just a really small group of people because it's rock, it's like rock and roll. So the black rockers kind of, invited invited me into their world and that's a lot that's that's a new york thing too you might think that you're not getting anywhere and somebody will grab your hand greg tate he just uh passed recently but he was a mentor of mine and i've been playing with greg since i got to new york you know since he saw me playing with cecil taylor at 23 years old i'm sure in his mind he was like whoever this kid is playing with cecil taylor i should take him under my wing and he played rock stuff. <laughs> so I ended up, like, I would be reading poetry on stage or dancing or something. Like, Micah, 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 come on and play. So, I mean, it was that. That was around, like, drum and bass. And when that came out, that's when I was playing with him in the beginning. You know, so that's early 90s, kind of like 95, 96. And from that whole time up until recently when he passed away, he always had me kind of under his wing. And Greg Tate was a writer, so he'd write stuff about me hanging out in a museum with him and crying over seeing Cy Twombly or something. And then a friend of mine from high school would be like, hey, man, you were in the paper. Because I wasn't, I don't have time to look at the newspaper. I'm just trying to, you know, survive in the East Village. Back in the day when people were <laughs> reading. Back in the day when people yeah, were yeah. reading, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he wrote for Vibe, and that's that whole thing. There you go back to that. He wrote for Vibe, but he also wrote for, like, The New Yorker. Ooh, and it's it's always, that's right. the kind of dichotomy that you get in New York is just, you just a person who knows everything. You know, for somebody right. like even Vernon Reed, Melvin Gibbs, those guys were playing with Ronald Shannon Jackson, and he was playing some real avant-garde stuff. You have Vernon was playing with him when he was, like, 18, 19 years old, and then he's on the radio you know, playing with Liberty Color. So those those were the people who were like, hey, I know where you're going. I know the path that you were on. And they just, they just come and, came and got me. Come on, man. That's <laughs> so that's so cool. That, um, was, that was my lucky experience of being in um, 
of being a New York musician. Wow, you said a mouthful. So for those of you who are just tuning in, you guys welcome to the Coffee Talk Jazz After Dark. Man, um, this interview has just been really, really rich. I mean, there's so much more that I want to share. So I want to ask you a question. I want you to think about it. And I want to jump into some more of this delicious music, and I'm going to have you to set this up. And this particular track that I'm going to play is called Knitting, and I love it. If you could set it up, and then I will ask you the question. Wait, which one is this? We'll come back. This is, uh, I believe, it's, is it knitting, I believe? Is it knitting, I believe? I oh, knitting. Right. <laughs> yeah, so knitting, knitting. Yeah. Okay, knitting. Yeah. All right, knitting. So knitting came from, this was a pop music project that I did. Ardo Lindsay, he was in uh, Ambitious Lovers and um, The Lounge Lizards, so, and did a lot of production with David Byrne in Brazil. So Ardo said, okay, Mike, here we're going to play, make a pop record for you. And I wrote this song about knitting because on the subway in New York, they're always, the girls were knitting and they wouldn't be paying attention. You're trying to get them to pay attention at summertime or whatever. You try to look at the girl. And they're all knitting. Their whole new thing was knitting. So they're looking down, not paying attention. So I wrote a song about it. And then they interviewed that in like England. Like, I guess they really like that song too. But Melvin Gibbs plays the lead bass on there. Awesome. So we're going to play that in just a second. So let me ask you the question. I'll give you a chance mm-hmm. to process. This is going to be really good. So the question is, when you listen to music, would you say that it transports you to a different place or time? And is it a marker of memories? I know it's a two-part question. Do you say that music, when you listen to music, it transports you to a different place or time or it is a marker of memory. So think about that, and we'll go ahead and we'll play your track, Knitting. Let's go, guys. Thank you. 
Don't misunderstand We are only strangers On our way to someone else To some place that we forgot Oi, eu sou Diane Marino, cantora de jazz, pianista e arranjadora. Você ama um pouco de jazz no seu café? Sintoniza toda semana na Radio Los Angeles Coffee Talk Jazz como apresentadora Bridget Lewis. Each guest brings intense passion to their music. You'll hear seasoned pros and indie artists in the mix, and you'll enjoy a buffet of genres. Listen in. You'll hear bebop, fusion, urban contemporary, classic, Brazilian and Latin flavors, with plenty of big band sounds. The show's call-in number is 1347 934-0108 Pick up my current project from the heart. It's available at all national retailers. Visit my website at www.dianemarino.com and stop by the official Coffee Talk site at www.coffeetalkjazzradio.com Enjoy the show. Then I And we are back. It is a wonderful Sunday afternoon for us. It's probably, um, what time is it where you are, Micah? Over here it is like almost 10 o'clock. Okay, yeah. So for all you creatives, you guys are just getting warmed up. I already know, right? <laughs> <laughs> no. Wow. I try to yeah, do everything okay. during the day real early, so. Oh, so now you tell me. So, so you're not nocturnal. Sometimes you are. Sometimes you're not. No, right? no, no. I sleep all the time. I was lying. I thought <laughs> I go to sleep. I get. <laughs> I sleep. I sleep. Like I go to. I get up around seven in the morning. Start to stretch. Go do whatever I have to do. And by the time I get done, it's about be about ten o'clock. I'm about ready to go to sleep. But other times you're on tour, you're up. So it's what it's. Yeah, yeah. It's but mostly my schedule to get stuff done is. Get up early, around 7 o'clock, start doing mm-hmm. whatever you got to do. Then about 10 o'clock, I'm ready to go to sleep. Yeah, I don't believe in wasting time. So really quickly, I just want to share with our fans, you guys, if you are just tuning in, you guys, welcome to the party. Uh, no matter what time you're tuning in, there's always something great that we are discussing. Right now, really quickly, I just want to just talk about our Gifted Music Foundation. This is a project that is near and dear to my heart. Uh, I created the Gift of Music Foundation uh, in 2009. Uh, it is a 
uh, C nonprofit organization is dedicated to creating great accessibility to music programs, instruments, teachers, and the overall benefit of music education. And it is our mission and passion to provide music enrichment opportunities for youth in our neighborhood. And we refer to this endeavor as the Worthy Challenge with Joyful Rewards. And this foundation is dedicated to my late mom, who was an educator. And I decided that I wanted to jump in as a former academic advisor on the collegiate level. Um, I saw the disparity between our black and brown babies and our, I also want to say our Anglo-Saxon folks. And so I said, you know, God, have you ever put me in a position whereby I can use my voice, which I believe is one of my many gifts, that I would do everything I could to make sure that there is funding, to make sure that we get instruments in the hands of our children, because, you know, hey, it could be a Micah, it could be a Whitten Marsalis, it could be um, a Quincy Jones, I mean, the late George Duke, it could be any one of a myriad of um, musicians. And I think that, you know, with music and arts education, there is a skill set that is gained when you have a chance to use parts of your brain because math is involved and social skills and getting in the band and all that. So if you guys want to donate, I would encourage you to donate. Go to www.coffeetownjazz.com, click right on the Gift of Music Foundation tab, and you can give a gift of any amount, and we would certainly appreciate it. And um, we've got pictures of some of our babies on the website as well. Um, we go out probably six times out of the year. I take the musicians in the schools with me, and you guys should see the looks on the kids' faces, you know, when we come and we talk about careers and music and they get a chance to romance the saxophone, strum the guitar, or, you know, hit the snare of the drum. And it's just amazing, and the kids are so happy, and it is my pleasure and joy to do it. So donate, 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 you guys. We need your help and support. All the money that I make, guess what? I give it all to the babies. That's where my money goes. I can't help myself. You know? I just, I can't help it. So now, sir, back to you, multi-hyphenate, musician, artist, visualist. <laughs> the question is, when you listen to music, it transports you. Does music transport you to a different place and time? And do you feel that music is a marker of memories? That is the question. Yes, to both. Definitely. When I mean, even if you listen to nowadays, listen to if you put on a record that already mm -hmm. is a different time, and you're gonna hear the right. crackling and the warmth of the record. But also, a lot of times when things happen, there's music as a soundtrack, and then that will become mm -hmm. your memory. That music will start your. Mm -hmm like your memory cycle. Now, the whole thing, I skipped over the, my sleep patterns, but I really am. I'm a lucid dreamer, so I can control my okay. dreams. So that's why I like to okay. sleep at least eight to ten hours because then I can work out. There's still more work. <laughs> you can work out. You can work out those things in your dreams. <laughs> See, it is kind of like being constantly awake a little bit. You You still are conscious. Yeah. Not completely the whole time. I don't know if you're familiar with lucid dreaming. Listen, don't even get me started because you're talking to an empath, so don't don't even start me. Right? Oh, so, so then there you go. So um, then now you say you understand exactly what I'm talking about. So, yeah, so the like, dream state is. Everything, my God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I that's where, and the music, mm-hmm. 
No, you first. Go, go, go. This is your interview. I'm just hosting the show. You just got me off. <laughs> yeah, but you understand. <laughs> yeah, that's good that you understand what I'm what I'm saying. And you'll hear, yeah, and you hear sometimes I hear the music in my dreams, wake up, go yeah. make the track, you know, and then what your questions were for me personally, um, some music mm-hmm. that I have from uh, like the Stars Are Harem, a lot of that music I wrote when I was like 17 years old to maybe like 24 years old. And some of that stuff mm-hmm. is hard to perform it just because you're like, I wrote this a long time ago to be playing this somewhere in a club in front of some people who are enjoying the music and it's lasted that long. And I'll get teary. I can't, it's hard to get through some of that, some of the music that I have because of what you're talking about, because of the memories and because of the time. And it is yeah. real, but it's uh-huh. real heartfelt performance. But a lot of the stuff, more of the popular stuff, it's easier for me to get through the trio stuff that I have and the more jazzy stuff. That's that's uh-huh. that's a work. That's work. That's emotional work. Like, Ooh. not trying to break down on stage. <laughs> like, 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 and I did it. I did you, the got, first. you you got to protect your energy, though. You have to. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, if somebody really wanted us to do, if I had to go on tour and do that, I'd be prepared, but yeah. some of the first debuts of that music, <laughs> it was just, I was a mess. Everybody else was like, that was beautiful. It's like, oh, okay, thank you, you know. Because you did, yeah, I wrote something when I was 17, you up there playing it. I couldn't play it when I was 17, you know, because the, the, the chord patterns and stuff, but I was into, like, Thelonious Monk, so I'd written, composed some music like that. But, yes, definitely, yeah, you, wow. you're going to feel... The music is that that that's that invisible thing that's like heavy. Yeah, for sure. I know. So, sometimes I wish I didn't. I didn't feel things, and and I was sharing with. Um, I was doing some coaching, and so I was like, "Follow your intuition; it will save you." Follow your intuition, but I want to get back to the dream state where you were talking about mm-hmm. like I can lay down. And in, inside of probably maybe like five minutes, like I'm out. Like I turn off all, no phones, like nothing. It's like it is completely dark and the room is very cool. Because I go at some point, I said, you're, you know, sleep number one is restored. I mean, you have to allow your mind and your body to rest. I mean, you've been up maybe eight hours, 12 hours, and, you know, you're, you're trying to take in like everything that's going on in the day, you know, the news and all that. I even limit myself even to that because I remember the news used to be the news and now it's just like it's it's a lot of everything so I'm like eh I got to protect my energy so I remember this dream that I had two weeks ago and I mean it was so vivid so clear and I was sitting in the grass and my legs were folded I was I was consciously aware that I was dreaming it was in full color I was asleep and there was the most beautiful, aromatic, perfumey. There were flowers. You could see the colors. They're almost like um, tulips and daisies. And um, the water was the most serene. You could see it like it was floating by. It was like going downstream. And God was on the other side. He was on the other side of the river. I could not see him, but I could sense and feel his energy. And it was the most beautiful thing. And I... When I got up, I just I started writing. My God, my hand! I was typing so fast. I I was mm. like, man, I think I must have typed like maybe three or three or four 
chapters to a book that I'm working on. The book that I'm working on is called My Mother's Daughter, A Caregiver's Journey, right? And it's mm-hmm. 10, tips on t- 10 tips on life, loss, and love. And it was, uh, the state that I was in, it was, it was so beautiful. And I just remember the, the smell, just, just everything. So when you said that, you took me back. Just as mm. <laughs> you totally, you totally took me back. I think you were just the bomb, like for real. Like, and I know it's probably like an 80s word, but I just think you're just the bomb, like for real. So, yeah, thank you. More. Thank you all for having me on here. <laughs> oh my God. Like, okay. I love it. We gave you like some more time because it's like we just want to squeeze all the juice like out of this limit. I'm like, okay, wait. He's got all this going on. I was like, no, no, no. Like, we need to dig deep and dive in, like, to 12 feet. We don't want to, like, wait today. We want to dig deep, right? We want to pick your mm-hmm. brain because we know you've got the good because you're traveling. So tell us about this. Tell us about your touring. What is that now like? We've come out of a two-year pandemic, which has just been special for on so many different levels. So tell us. um mm-hmm. Tell us about your experience in the pandemic. What was your mindset like? And now that you're back out there again, what does that feel like? I know it's a lot. Well, the pandemic, we did have some streaming shows that actually play. I mean, see, I'm like a New York musician. So you're going to get between some shows, you might get 20 bucks. Some other shows, you might get 600. You know, like that's just New York Mm -hmm. if you plan. Like the way, because I I explain, I play – Pretty much whatever, whatever I want to play. <laughs> so, so you're not really uh, going to okay. get paid all the time to do that. But so we had some streaming yeah. shows, and I'm playing with more of like a rock kind of set. And the rock set is not like the jazz set. Like I'm so used, right. I'm very spoiled in the jazz set. I need everybody who's in the jazz set to know that we are we of the music world. We are really we are spoiled because even even you get. I was a cultural ambassador playing jazz with Lafresky and like uh, Alex Blake, and we went to Siberia and some other places. They just treat you, you know, you treated like an intellectual. Like you go to dinners and you know, right. like um, rock and roll is not like that. You go to the club, it's dirty, it smells bad. Right. <laughs> you set right. up your stuff, but <laughs> what I'm working with these guys is. Vernon Reed, I've mentioned before from Living Color, gave me a pedal, and it's uh, like a guitar oh. pedal. So I'm playing my saxophone through the guitar pedal, making all sorts of noise. So that's it's worth <laughs> it for for that. You know, that's the artistic part of me that wants to do stuff like that. So that's that's the grueling the art the art that's the grueling part <laughs> to go do that. So, I mean, right now I'm doing this, but I'm definitely about to slide back up into jazz world right after this year. But these are the first gigs that have been open to us playing down here, more of like a little rock circuit. You know, like I don't know how the international world is doing right now and people traveling around. I have some friends who are traveling, but I'm not really sure I haven't been keeping up with that. But it's definitely... I get that. mm Mm-hmm. But it's, and even look, there's the whole thing is I've missed about three gigs at Lincoln Center because I'm just not willing to go into New York. It's too, it's very right. pent, like the pandemic is not over yet, you know. And if you go right. into New York, you are more likely to get it. Like my friend told me when I left New York 
two years ago. He was like, anybody, he read something that said anybody who is there here during the pandemic will get COVID. I was like, I'm out. And I'm, right. I've played enough gigs where I can wait until, you know, everything seems more right. clear to me. And our last yeah. record. Well, that so um, said that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm not in a hurry. Like, I was, I'm patient, right. especially with stuff like that. Right. Yeah, I sat in the lab yeah. and just made a record. You know, like, that was a good time to make records. And now the road is opening up, so I'm going to go on the road a little bit. I'm going to try to get over to Europe. For the last record that I did in Brazil, we put 60 drummers on there. Me and uh, Henry Schroy, wow. who also played with Vernon. Yeah, so that makes you a maestro. Like, we walk down the street over there, there are people who greet greet me, like, as maestro, and you'll be a guest, and be nice over there in Brazil if they if they get it fixed up over there at some point. But it's, from all that effort, we got nine songs on the radio in Europe, so I still need to go and kind of cash in on that, or at least say, hey, here's the presence, I'm here. Let me perform some of this stuff. We still have a tour to set up in Europe. And I might stay over there for a little while, see what's going on. Wow. Um, you've said you've said so much. You're right. Um, the pandemic is not over. Like, I was out today. And there were places that I mm-hmm. went to, like, I went into Walgreens. There are places I went in with my, you know, N95 mask on, like, you know. And there are people that are walking mm-hmm. around that don't have on the mask. I'm like, okay, wait, hold up. So what is the story? For two and a half years, I mean, we were we were sequestered. You know, we were on lockdown, shut down. Mm-hmm. We didn't know which way was up. How do you get it? Is it in the air? You get it on your hands? You know, is it in your eye? Like, how do you get COVID or how do you keep yourself free from that? And I thank God I didn't have not one sniffle, one cough, one cold. Like, I never, ever got COVID. I was very careful. I was out and about. But the point is, I go, people now, I go, all of a sudden, you know, um, you remember they, they shut the world down and they opened it back up, and now all of a sudden, mm-hmm. you know, everyone has their mask off. It's like, well, wait a minute, well, what happened? How did that we were for two and a half years masked completely up, or two years, you really just masked completely up, and now all of a sudden COVID isn't here anymore? Like, what is happening? My mind still cannot process it. And they go, okay, there's no longer a mask mandate. I'm like, wait, but COVID is still around. So, like, what is that? Mm-hmm. I, I like mm-hmm. I just in my mind, in my mind I don't, I I don't get it. Some people are masked, some people are not. They just go, well, there's not a mandate anymore, so you're just free to eat in or whatever. So, with that being said, you know my team and I like we traveled, we traveled last mm-hmm. week. Like we weren't even, yeah, we weren't even in town. We were gone, and you know we did our artist meet and greet. It was amazing. Folks are so happy to see us. They were like, my lord, like, and we went to Nam and all of that. <laughs> so. We were all over the place. Um, most people did not have masks on when we were at NAM, but I masked up at NAM. I'm like, I'm not playing with you guys. It's like three, four, mm-hmm. it's over 100,000 folks. I said, I'm not playing with you guys. So, mm-hmm. And I didn't let people like, no, you're not hugging me. No, don't breathe on me. Stop looking at me, right? No. I was cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, but just please, that's good. <laughs> that's good because you're right. How did it just disappear? Like, like it was here. Did it just disappear? No, 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 no. Like, come on. Now. Yeah, I mean, like, just be cautious. Yeah. Be cautious. That's it. Just be cautious. That's all. Be cautious. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but I see and, what you. No, I know what you're saying. I stay in. I don't run. Yeah, I get work done. If I have to go to work, I keep my little mask on. I do my thing. 
but I'm pretty much to myself, not really trying to get sick at this moment or any time, really. I thank God I never never did. Like, I'm just not going to play with these people. So I want to get into some more of your wonderful music. And you guys were still live tweeting throughout the show. Um, We are recording. This is a live recording as we're on live. So for those of you guys who say, man, I'm kind of missed sort of what he said. Well, the recording will be available about 40 minutes after we're done recording. Um, So I'm going to play another track. Like, I mean, it's just like so good. And I hope that your fans are are tuning in as well. You guys, I still have my gift giveaways. Y'all don't make me... Y'all don't make me put my stuff back in the box. Come on now, right? Okay. So I want to play Puppet next. Puppet is up next. If you can set this up for our fans, we're going to come back with more good coffee and great chat. And hopefully we can give at least two items away. Can you set up Puppet? Can you tell us what it's about? And then I'm yeah, well, game. Puppet, see, what's great is most of the songs that I write, other than the kind of jazz stuff, but even though there's, six years in between when those are written or when they come out, even Puppet, I think there might have been 10 years between the time that I wrote that song and when it came out. And we sort of fixed it up. And then Leon Gruenbaum, it's funny, I keep coming back to Vernon Reed because he played with Vernon too. So Vernon, (laughs) not only did he, you know, not only did he mentor me, but his band plays with, you know, even to this day, they still, you know, they still play with me. But Puppet came from, I don't even think it was like a breakup song. It was just something, it was sort of, if you like, was I was making a crooner type song, and I believe Puppet came from that, or no, I know what it came from, Denmark. I was in Denmark, and I broke up with a woman in Denmark, and she wanted me to be a puppet, but also my band, my rock band, said they wanted me to be a puppet. And I was like, okay, the revenge side of me was like, okay, I'm going to make a band and call it Puppet and then make a song. <laughs> and that's, that's kind of how that song came apart from that. All right, guys, let's take a listen. Thank you. 
Songwriter and bass guitarist Robin Bramlett. Do you love good coffee and great chat? Tune in each week to Coffee Talk Jazz Radio with your host, Miss Bridget Lewis. You'll hear my music right here. I fuse jazz, funk, and soul so that it thumps and bumps. My music is a dash of old school by the ounce with a new school bounce. I've raised the bar by mixing old and new, fusing it all together. My sound is fresh and new. I deliver dynamic funk with style and emotion. To check out some samples of my upcoming CD, This Is My Life, go to my Reverb Nation page at www.reverbnation.com forward slash Robin Bramlett 1, the number one. Again, that's www.reverbnation.com forward slash Robin Bramlett 1. And be sure to visit the official Coffee Talk Jazz Radio website at www.coffeetalkjazzradio.com. Thanks for listening. Y'all, now did I say y'all? Yes, I'm really a Southern girl at heart, y'all. I was born in Houston, Texas, where the folks are just so sweet, and um, we show our love by the foods that we eat. Now, not too much love. I was talking with my aunt today. She's like, when are you coming back down here, gal? Auntie, I'm coming. So, you guys, we're back broadcasting live with my very special guest. Micah, you have been so amazing. How I adore you. Oh, my God, you're so real. <laughs> but, like, yes. that last song, No Puppet, that song, that's heartbreak. Like, that's heartbreak. But I was thinking about while you were playing, I was like, sometimes heartbreak is beautiful, though. Like, if you could capture it, it's not because you have to Ooh. have, you know, like that love lost kind of thing. Like, if you can love somebody that much and then uh-huh. they rip it apart, <laughs> it's okay. You know what I mean? Like, if you can capture that. Like, you still like that song. Mm-hmm. That song was written very, very long ago, you know. So wow, I believe wow. the, the staying power of something that affects you like that. Like, I like more like love songs, you know, stuff like that. So, sure. so or love songs yeah. are just very abstract, weird kind of stuff. Either, yeah. yeah. But mostly the love songs, I stick with that because that's when I'm singing the song. You kind of want the audience to feel to feel something, and a lot of those songs are like that. I was feeling it though. Yeah, we've all been through 
breakup. Thank you. You know what I say mm-hmm. in the breakup, breakup, and I say, you know what, um, there's a lesson and a blessing, and I learned the lesson, and there's no bitterness, and then I just move on like I can let stuff go. Mm-hmm. I can just let it go. Yeah. Hurt, yeah, but I just had to let it go. And, and the thing that I realized is that in a breakup, I go, and this is a car. It's so funny. I was having this conversation with my girlfriend that she broke up with somebody after two years, and he goes to her, and I'm thinking, Lord Jesus. I'm like, you really didn't know that person. And so I told her, I said, you know, that just meant that something in the relationship was broken. Like it did mm-hmm. not work. You, and it just, and that person just wasn't the right person. And I believe that some, I believe that some relationships have expiration dates, and you have to know when to hold them, when to fold them, and you just mm-hmm. have to just let it, let it go. And I said, it's not a loss. It's just a lesson and then take that into the next or whatever or whatever it is. Um, um, they're counting me down, but I won't have it. Um, so I just want to see if I can ask you some fun facts. And then um, this is going to be kind of like rapid fire. I decided that I would not put you in the hot seat, not tonight, because you've been so open, so transparent, and so authentic. So um, being that you are a multi-hyphenate, um, artist, musician, uh, song stylist, that's what I'll say. What's on your nightstand right now? Any great books, any great photos, any good CDs? What's on your nightstand right now? Uh, this, I've been working really seriously. I've been working with this guy, Carlos Best, who made the first Wu-Tang record. So hmm. since December, I've just been working on his stuff. And I, it's not that I'm obsessive, but it's just listening to it over and over. I finally finished it. So instead of listening to one song 17 times, now I'm listening to the whole thing as a record, as a full thing to see <laughs> what what order I would put it in. You know, so that's that's exactly. the thing that's happening right now. And then in about two days, these guys about, will start rehearsing, so I'll have their stuff. All of my everything is pretty immediate. That I'm work that I work on. There is a book I was reading a Murakami book. He's um like this Japanese author and a friend of mine put me on to to his writing. I like the writing a lot, but it's very Japanese, like kind of dark, and like sometimes it just mm-hmm. I had to take a break. But I like I do like the writing, but then it'll just be very over the top, like descriptive why, and I'm just like okay, maybe I shouldn't be reading it, you know. Like a job, like a dark, poisoning stuff like that. So I don't know, but the write the writing is good. This guy's more Murakami. But other than that, this not much. Just working, you know, just working, listening and working. Okay. All right. Oh, so, and soon to say- start doing this mm-hmm. this editing thing, this editing thing of this uh, this book because I just finished reading in the last part of the audio book. So to start that editing up, basically. Okay, cool. Um, what would you say, what would your family say is your best quality? I know you and your mom are tight, so you told me that earlier. So mm-hmm. she, yeah. What would your family say is your best quality? They would say it's the same thing that they love and that they just can't stand is I put, I promise you the first, because I was coming to visit my mom, and I'm so diligent on doing stuff. Within the first three days, she's done. Like, she just was sleep, sit in the room, because I'm already running around doing everything for her. She just, she just sit in the room and take a break. 
because cause she's like that. You know, she didn't get up in the morning. It was really funny. She was telling me that her knee was swollen up. I was like, of course, because you don't really, you don't rest. You wake up in the morning and you keep moving until you fall asleep at night. And I was like, you go to the chiropractor, you go to all these people, but you never tell them that you're a 74-year-old woman that stands up in the morning and keeps going. Like, they don't ever realize that. So that's the thing. They, they love the diligence and getting stuff done, but it's also, it's, it's tiring. <laughs> it's just you trying to keep up with me for the first three days, but then go to rest like she needs to do. So it's good. I think that's what my family loves the most about me. Is that just the determination and just go, go, go. I would always, even when I was a kid, I'd come back home with some award or something. They'd be like, I didn't know you did that. You know, like an acting award. <laughs> we, we didn't know you were acting. So that kind of like extracurricular stuff. And then you come home mm-hmm. with a letterman jacket. Wait, what sport were you playing? Oh, we we started a swim team so we could get jackets. <laughs> well, I, well, the school that I went to was a talented and gifted magnet. So it was the first... Iteration. I think we were the fourth graduating class. I believe they started the program down in in Dallas, and they're still like the top high school. I just saw my teacher. I played a honky tonk band with her, so I just saw her like two weeks ago in Dallas. So that that's the other family. That's the other part. It's like the little that talented and gifted school. I kid you not. Is like like genius school. But there's always somebody in there doing something. Like all the word problems, there was one guy there who would just do all the math problems in his head and just put the answers on wow. the paper. And then ended up when he oh got out, when he was a freshman at Harvard, he was doing the same stuff and teaching. <laughs> but look, their dad was a scientist. I remember one day when they were like, oh, Katie's got to go to Switzerland. Her dad won the Nobel Prize. The Nobel Prize. It was like that kind of little school. It was a public school, though. But one of the first that they really pushed to have only 100 students, 25 students per class, and then you split those classes like 12 kids in a class. So I think those growing up like that always kept me kind of like in small groups of people doing stuff. Because even though I play with a bunch of people, I still always have a core of people that I kind of move around with. Right now it's this rock band. And then you're getting stuff done on the side, you know. Well, I want to play your last track. This has been such an amazing time with you. I We're well over our time, but I have to say, like, I'm greedy. I want to just stop it all up. Biscuit <laughs> and some gravy. Come on now, right? And you're just a wealth mm-hmm. of knowledge. I feel your energy, your exuberance. You have such a happy, happy spirit. And the last um, track I want to play is called Revelation. I want you to set it up, and then we're going to take it out. Okay. So Revelation was another song we were trying to, my friend Danny and I were trying to find a studio for me to do something. And someone just said, hey, come in here. I have this song. And I did my thing. We sent it to the record company. And then Giles Peterson is in England. They have BBC One, I think, through BBC Three. And he's uh, a well-known DJ on BBC One. So Giles played me so much. 2006 when that record came out that was number nine on the charts in England. So that's that's Revelation. That's the song. It's another kind of like a crooner kind of thing. 
Wow, awesome. It has been my absolute joy and pleasure to host your show um, this evening. And uh, your music is amazing. You know, you and I, we have other things that we're going to do, which, we, of course, we can't talk about live on air now, but you and I know what they are. And if you guys are mm-hmm. interested, um, if you guys are interested in advertising on Coffee Talk Jazz Radio podcast or interested in taking out some space in Coffee Talk Jazz magazine, just go right to our website at coffeetalkjazz.com, coffeetalkjazz.com, and I will meet you guys over there. And I want to say with music in our hearts, and with jazz on our souls, I want to thank you, our friends, fans, and supporters, for making Coffee Talk Jazz Radio number one. We love you for listening, and we'll see you next time. We're going to go ahead and take it out with Revelation. Thanks, guys.
coaster Running deep inside I'll hold you closer Till you start to cry The revelation State of mind To try to have you 